This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Sponsored by Stony Brewing. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and uh, with me is fellow SteelerNation.com author and writer, Matt Papiernik. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing good, you know, just happy to be part of another one of the podcasts and getting to talk to you and our fans. That's great. Well, the big reason that we need to have you on um, the podcast today is because you've been putting out a lot of articles on SteelerNation.com about free agency. So especially getting into the players and individual players. Um, So I think a lot of the Steeler fans, now that the Steelers are out of the playoffs, our minds are starting to move forward to free agency, forward to the draft, the, and things like that. But um, And free agency starts before the draft, correct? Correct. Great. So then that, that would be the most topical thing to talk about. We'll get into the draft, I'm sure, later on in the, in the podcast season. But uh, at least for this week, I wanted to play a little game with you starting off. And, of course, we can elaborate and stop on each player. Uh, but it's a little game called keep them or don't keep them as far as for undrafted rookie or undrafted free agents on the Pittsburgh Steelers that are coming up for the season. So I'm going to run down a list and I want to know your opinions on the player when I come, get to the player and then if you would keep them or not keep them. You ready to play? Gotcha. All right. So just so I'm clear, you know, it's my opinion, not whether I think the Steelers will keep them. Exactly, back. exactly. This is we're we're just going gotcha. on both of our gotcha. opinions. Both of us don't know whether they'll keep these players, but it's just something I'd like to do. I think it's a little fun. I think the Steeler fans and Steeler Nation will have fun with this too. So, uh, first player, keep them or don't keep them. B.J. Finney. Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, you know, he's. Great to have around, especially considering he can step in and start. But oh, that's a tough one. It's going to ultimately come down, in my opinion, to what happens with Ramon Foster. But yeah, yeah, and, and gonna, we can even talk about Ramon because technically Ramon's not a free agent, but he is in the last year of his contract. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go with they don't keep him. I think they retain uh, Foster for another year, so I'm going to say don't keep him. Cool. So you're look at you're a big fan of keeping the band together for one more year for uh, Big Ben to be comfortable with coming back in the fold, and that makes perfect sense. Um, I'm playing the other side of the field. I think they're really tight against the cap, and getting rid of Foster does free up a lot of cap space. And I think BJ is essentially a plug and play player uh, right there in that left guard spot. So, uh, you know, we got a little bit of, of both sides of the uh, the the opinion on that one, and that's great. So uh, moving on to the next player. Was a first-round draft pick. Now he's a free agent. Artie Burns. Uh, I think uh, a lot of Steelers fans are going to agree with with me on this one. I'm going to say don't keep him. He's he's definitely uh, underperformed compared to his uh, draft stock. And then 
he had a chance to uh, excel on special teams this year and then eventually, due to injury, got replaced, but uh, also got outperformed by um, oh, the corner they drafted in the third round. Justin Lane. Oh, what's his name? Justin Lane, yes. For some reason, I kept wanting to uh, refer to him as a dark wizard. I'm like, wrong Michigan State quarterback, <laughs> cornerback there. <laughs> Yep, and, and uh, I'm with you there, I, and that was the big thing because when he did get banged up there at the end of the year because Justin Lane was inactive for most of the year uh, until Artie Burns got banged up, and then once he st- once the Steelers started seeing Justin Lane playing special teams, they are like, well, he's obviously better than Artie Burns playing special teams, so even when Artie was healthy for the last uh, three, four weeks of the season, uh, Justin Lane was the one that was active and Artie was the one that was – sitting on the bench so that he was inactive for a bunch of those games. So um, I think the Steelers have already kind of made the decision there. The writing's on the wall. I mean, I wouldn't see them keeping Artie Burns unless he signed to some incredibly, incredibly cheap contract because as far as for being depth, as a as an edge depth, he's really one of the few edge depth players we had on the roster. Um, I mean, they're obviously grooming uh, Justin Lane for that. Sutton's played a little bit of edge, but I guess his talents are more suited for that deep safety or playing the slot corner as well. Um, but that would be the only way I could see him returning. So I got to agree with you. For the most part, I don't see the Steelers uh, keeping Artie Burns. Next player, the one that's been on the roster a few years now that hasn't been playing and his contract is just it, it's going to toll. It's going to come up. Um, partially because of the uh, collective bargaining agreement that they don't have complete agreement on for this year, uh, and that is Ryan Shazier. Um, I think this is uh, one that uh, everyone would like to see him around, and it's a great story if he can eventually make it back. I'm going to say keep him, and I'm not even necessarily saying it has to be in a player capacity and on a uh, player contract, mm-hmm. you know, but... I feel like in some way, shape, or form, you got to keep him around the team, even if it's like an assistant linebacker coach or something along those lines. Steelers, Steelers Nation loves him, and uh, everyone on the team loves him, and he just boosts morale having him around. And hopefully, he is able to come back and play as a player. But even if he's not, I think he's still worthwhile keeping around. And I agree with you. The Roonies are a family franchise. This guy gave his body for the game of football and for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Didn't know if he'd ever be able to walk again. Has had two incredible years being able to get back to walking, jumping, running, training. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be ready this year. The thoughts were uh, when he initially had his injuries that he would be out for two years and then possibly try to make a run this year. Uh, I haven't heard anything in his training schedule stating that he looks like he's going to be ready to go this year. But... I agree with you 100%. The Steelers are a family organization. They take care of their family, especially one that gave so much as Ryan. And Ryan also showed that even though he's not playing, he's out there training every day in their in their facility, he's also, like you said, a positive influence. He's uh, in the ear of the young inside linebackers, helping a lot with Devin Bush and ha- helping Devin Bush to set that rookie record for inside linebackers tackles for a season for the Steelers having over a hundred and that was a big part of it so I think that that's an easy transitional fit if he never plays a down of football again and the Steelers have problems bringing him back on a player contract boom sign him as a coach 
make it easy. You can even have him retire. He can still work out in the facilities. And should he get to a point where he wants to make a comeback, he can unretire. Yeah, he's someone that uh, no matter what, he's he's going to be a positive influence, whether it's on the field or off. So just great to have someone like that around. Well said. And the next big unrestricted free agent is probably the one that all the Steeler fans are talking about and seems to be one of the biggest uh, unrestricted free agents from the Steelers roster. That would be Bud Dupree. Coming into the year, a lot of people were mixed on this, but mm-hmm. I was high on him coming into the year, and my opinion hasn't changed, especially after his breakout year. So I'm 100% saying keep him. I think they're going to find a way to get a contract done to even – I'm saying keep him even if it has to be on a one-year franchise tag to even say, hey, make sure his breakout year is truly a breakout year in case there are some concerns in that nature. Make sure it wasn't a um, one-year wonder type thing, but – He's always been great against the run, and his pass rush ability really blossomed this year working across from T.J. Watt, and him and Watt have a great relationship, so I'm 100% on board saying keep him. I agree with you. I know that Pro Football Focus put out an article uh, earlier this week stating that um, Dupree was one of the worst at pressures per rush in the league. He was uh, in, like, he was in the... 30th, I think, ranked out of uh, all the pass rushers, which isn't fantastic, obviously, but what that PFF did not measure was the fight in the dog, and what you mentioned earlier there, Matt, too, was his ability to play the run, and I was watching his highlights just from this past season, and the way he is running down fast, mobile quarterbacks in this league to tackle them behind the line of scrimmage or for a short gain, that's a big deal. And that's something that really every team kind of needs moving forward with all these mobile quarterbacks. He's actually kind of a weapon because he's good at setting the edge, he's good at containing, and he's good at chasing down from behind. So I'm with you 100%. I don't know if they tag him or give him a contract. Personally, my strategy, if I was the Steelers' GM, and you may disagree with me here, Matt, but – my strategy would be to franchise tag him, but to non-exclusive franchise tag him. And the reason why is because the Steelers lack a first-round draft pick this year. If you take a uh, franchise draft pick or sign one away from the Steelers, you owe them two first-round draft picks. So would they possibly think about getting back into the first round by giving up a player of this caliber who is a good player, is good against the run, um, and it had a great sack totals and worked excellent with Watt last year, or, you know, do you, do you, you obviously don't want to let him go for nothing. So, you know, this might be an option or a way for the Steelers to get back into the first round after utilizing that first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that, that non-exclusive uh, franchise tag definitely uh, can open some doors, especially, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to sign all the free agents they have. So, if they lose Bud Dupree but get two first-round picks, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But, man, they would, they would hate to see him go after spending a first-round and waiting to finally see him succeed. And like you said, he's going to be key, definitely, or at least his position will be in uh, containing some of the AFC North quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and the soon-to-be Joe Burrows. That's very true. And one quick aside, too, that I want to get into and also let Steeler Nation know about 
is I'm not sure if everybody is clear on what happened, but obviously when the Steelers picked up Minka Fitzpatrick, they sent their first round draft pick, and I believe that their third and traded a fourth um, and a couple uh, deeper trades to to Miami Dolphins to keep them. So essentially, this year's first round draft pick was a Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, they got him a year early. He was only on the second year of his rookie contract. The Steelers did not have to pay his signing bonus, and he is going to be a cheap player for the next two years playing on his rookie contract and then the Steelers get the fifth year option in the third year so it's essentially like getting a rookie for free Um, I think it was probably the only way that the Steelers would ever move for a first round draft pick is to get a a player essentially that that you don't have to pay a whole lot of money for but to have also the talent that they saw as being a Pro Bowl talent and not only was it a Pro Bowl talent it was an all-pro talent him being a first team all-pro safety I mean that is kudos to him kudos to the Steelers for going out and making that move and thank you very much Miami Dolphins for getting rid of what may be one of the biggest steals in free agency ever so next player I have on the list here Matt another drafted player was a safety second rounder Sean Davis I'm gonna say they have to let him walk at this point Largely due to the point you just made with uh, the trade from Minka Fitzpatrick, which kind of stemmed from the Sean Davis injury, but also from realizing that their safety position could be upgraded. But you have Minka Fitzpatrick back there. You have Terrell Edmonds back there. Sean Davis was playing the Minka Fitzpatrick role. So mm. unless he can come back on a super cheap deal, kind of a one-year prove-it deal, which I believe I saw an article earlier or his interview, I should say, where he said uh, he – not in for a one-year prove-it deal. That's not what he's looking for in free agency. So I find it highly unlikely to want to bring him back. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I mean, obviously I'm with you 100%. I I think he's he's run his course here in Pittsburgh. I think he's going to leave. Um, But here's an interesting thing that can happen in free agency, which the Steelers do. They play free agency. They don't play it awfully quickly. Um, They kind of wait around and see what happens. Safety has not largely been a payout position here in the last few years. So if Sean Davis is sitting around there, you know, and we're getting after the draft, nobody's picked him up. If he comes back and signs a backup safety deal, I think he's a better backup than, say, um, uh, with Cam Kelly. Is that the uh, Cameron Kelly? Is that our backup safety right now for free safety? Yeah, he he's the third safety on the roster, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'd take him over Cam Kelly, obviously. Um, Dangerfield is more of a banger role. Um, but, uh, but you know, I think that Davis could come in in a situation if Minka got hurt uh, and play that role. Um, not as well as Minka, obviously, but way better than Cam Kelly could have played it. And, and the way better than Cam Kelly actually played it, which kind of forced that trade. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you 100%, though. I, I don't think that they're going to make the quick offer. I don't think they're going to make him any offer early in free agency, but he might want to be one of those guys left hanging around that they might bring back just for quality depth. Next player. Yeah, just like you said. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, Striker. No worries. Um, yeah, I, just like you said, I wouldn't mind bringing him back if towards the after first opening week of free agency roll around and he's willing to come back. You know, the, safety, the Steelers could definitely afford to have some insurance in the back end and I know they've been playing more five and six defensive backs 
um, packages recently. So having the experience and Sean Davis back there can't hurt. And I honestly, I was really hoping that Sean Davis was going to come back from that injury. I know they put him on uh, injured reserve in week two, and um, I was expecting him to come back later in the season to provide quality depth heading toward the uh, playoff run. But unfortunately, his injury was just too severe, and he never came back from that shoulder. Um, but, you know, still, I, I hope he has a, a good career moving forward. He's got potential. He's got speed. He's got length. Um, so we'll have to see how he, he does and see what the, what ultimately where he ends up in free agency. Next player on the list, another uh, blue chipper from the Steelers' perspective, Javon Hargrave. This one, this one's going to be really tough. So I am fifty-fifty uh, on this. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, based on his talent and how well he performed this past year, I would love to keep him. I think he's one of the best interior linemen, especially at the defensive tackle position in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat underrated coming into this year. He typically wasn't playing high snap loads coming into this year, but with uh, the injury to it this year, he really performed. He really shined. Mm-hmm. The reason I am 50-50 is simply because ultimately I think they're going to have to afford one of Dupree or Hargrave. Yeah. And if I'm choosing right now, I'm choosing Dupree, and that is not saying that Hargrave is not as talented as Dupree. I'm saying because this year, two it went down, and the Steelers proved they could still have a dominant defensive front minus one of their uh, star defensive linemen. Now, if they lose Hargrave, I think that they could potentially keep going without missing a beat. You lose Dupree, Mm -hmm. and then you got Chicolo behind them, who hasn't been battle-tested. He's well inexperienced on defense, so I'm going to say, ultimately, I, I, I have to let him go in this scenario. One thing that I really had to think about coming down to whether you're going to keep one, because obviously with the Steelers being so close against the cap, it, it's really this is this free agency is going to be, are you going to keep Bud Dupree or Javon Hargrave? It's just the way it kind of is playing out right now. So the thing working against Javon Hargrave I mean, he's doing a phenomenal job rushing the passer, rushing, rushing the passer, and PFF had him rated as one of the best uh, pressure interior linemen in the league. Um, so he's going to be a, a steal for anybody that that takes him. But his only problem is within the Steelers' uh, playset and their defense, they're only utilizing him two out of three downs essentially. So he's not a full-time defender like a Bud Dupree is. Um, who Bud Dupree gets spelled every once in a while, but I mean, he doesn't come out on third down. You know, third down we have Bud in there. Um, third down Hargrave can come off, and we go into more of a defensive back set. So that's the only thing I think that's working against his ability to stay on the Steelers is they got to make a choice. They got to pay one, and you might as well pay the player that's going to be getting, you know, uh, probably about a hundred to two hundred more snaps than the other guy. That's just smart value for your money. Um, and the other thing is then Bugs maybe coming up next year. Is he going to be the answer behind him or are the Steelers going to draft somebody or pick up somebody in free agency? But they got to they got to figure out a way to fill that hole. And the biggest way to fill that hole, obviously, is getting to it back healthy. Because, Matt, I watched the highlights just earlier today on all the Steelers 54 sacks that led the league. And, oh, my gosh, for the first you know, 20 sacks, you saw to it all over the quarterback. He was amazing. 
People always forget how good of an impact player Tua it is when he's fully healthy. The guy's a monster. He's unblockable and he's unstoppable. And I pray that next season that they can have a healthy year out of both Tua and Hargrave the entire season because that would make for a very, very disruptive front. Yeah, I watching to it earlier this year, it was clear. In my opinion, the first few weeks of this year, there was not a better player on that defense than Stefan to it. was really unfortunate to see him go down with an injury and getting him back I think is what can lessen the blow of losing a Javon Hargrave and you know, it's never good to lose that kind of talent, especially when you bring him in via the draft and have the Washington going free agency, but sometimes uh you can't have your cake and eat it too, so that is true. Next player on the list, tight end Nick Vanette. This one hits home with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Me and Nick Vanette are both of uh, Ohio State alums. I got to watch him uh, play for Ohio State and then also now play for my favorite NFL team in the Steelers. So mm-hmm. I'm saying keep him. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think just based off of uh, his um, I don't want to say lack of production because it wasn't anything based on talent, but uh, his lower receiving numbers in Seattle and now the Steelers, I don't think he's going to get a massive deal right out of the gate. I think uh, if he comes back on a kind of a one-year prove-it deal with the Steelers, gets a year in with Ben Roethlisberger, starts putting up proving that he's worthwhile in the passing game as well as in the run game, I, I think he can be in for a big payday if he just uh, takes one year approval deal. So I'm saying keep him. I would love to have him around. And he, he's just one of those all around tight ends where he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Heath Miller. Obviously, he hasn't had that opportunity quite yet to be that featured tight end and being the one mm-hmm. that quarterbacks rely on 100%. But I, I would really like to see him return. And I also see Vanette as, you know, that strong blocking kind of Mark Bruner not only can he block but he has the ability to get downfield and make some plays and you know Bruner though was a he he was really like a, a pile mover that guy was something else and Vanette did an excellent job and he's been one of the best blocking tight ends I've seen at least in the last few years because um, with Vance Vance is a good tight end he blocks well he doesn't block great um, but I thought we had an upgrade when Vanette was in there for the running game um, I have to agree with you 100% on him, Re- the Steelers retaining him. I think that the Steelers will take a wait-and-see approach for him to kind of see how free agency goes. There's some tight ends out there that are possibly have, have a little bit more value. I know Tyler Eifert is out there. Um, I saw an, a, another couple tight ends out there as well. Um, but you know, some will be out of obviously out of the price range, but at least something to keep your eye on if the tight end market goes up and Vanette's still sitting there looking for a job then Steelers will call him back in hopefully like you're saying for a discount price and a a, a, you know a play for or a um, a one-year contract to see what he can do to get paid in the following year next player long snapper Cameron Canada you know I'm saying keep him. It's always nice to have that consistency, especially in your special teams, because your long snapper has a relationship with your punter, your kicker, your holder, the lineman, the block for all those uh, special teams. So he ultimately will probably be retained on a veteran minimum salary or something close to that. So I'm saying keep him. It's always good to have uh, 
some continuity in your special teams. So I, I don't like switching it up when something that's going well, especially after the resurgence in the kicking game. So keep them. And I agree with you, too. Uh, it's tough to find a quality long snapper, and Steelers pride themselves at making sure they have quality long snappers. Canaday has not thrown any on the ground, thrown any bad snaps. So you keep a guy that's snapping and, and snapping at a high level. So that's the guy you want to kind of, to me, I think that would be kind of the first person that they'd offer a contract to. I mean, aside from franchising Dupree, I think that might be the first move that they do in free agency because it is a cost-effective move if they choose to keep a Canada. Final unrestricted free agent, Tyler Matikavich. Oh, big red. Um, mm-hmm. Matikavich, he's uh, he's someone who, you know, a lot of people like to see on the field. He kind of boosts morale when he uh, flies down the field and makes a tackle on some of the special teams. But ultimately, I'm going to say uh, they, they need to move on. He has done well on special teams for him over the years, but ultimately he that's all he is at this point and what he seems to be. He was their fourth or fifth inside linebacker this year and simply just doesn't offer much value on defense, especially with the roster they have put together right now. So unless it's for some reason at the end of free agency, you know, after the first couple of weeks, he wants to come back for a cheap deal, then I ultimately say let him walk. Now, like some of the other players we talked about, if he comes back later in free agency on a cheaper deal, I'd welcome him back because, like I mentioned with Canada, I love to just keep the same players in the same positions, and it really helps uh, improve year to year. But I'm not he's not someone I'm breaking the bank for if uh, another team needs to sign him away. And that's the point because Matikavich, a lot of fans love him. I love him. I think he's – Awesome on special teams. I love the way he gets goes down and hits hard. Um, he's forced some fumbles. Um, but honestly, if you're bringing him back, you're only bringing him back as a special teams player. Um, he's never had the opportunity to start. Actually, he had one opportunity to be the man at, at inside linebacker, and that was imme- immediately in the game where Ryan Shazier went down against uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns. And a lot of Steeler fans forget that Matikavich was also hurt in that game, replacing um, re- replacing Shazier, and he never played it down then the rest of the season either. So, you know, that's unfortunate the way his career has kind of unfolded that he's really never given a shot to see what he can do on the field uh, for first-team situations. But, you know, he has shown what he can do on the field as a special teamer. Uh, the fans noticed, the fans called him or voted him the top special teams player. I don't know if it's because of a, a Pittsburgh Steeler bias in the voting the way the fans do, but um, it was at least something that he should be proud of, and he did do a good job on special teams. Uh, he's he's great in the uh, kick coverage game on both kicking and punting, and you need a guy like that on the inside that's able to get down the field, uh, break those tackles, or break those blocks and make those tackles efficiently. But like you're saying you're only signing him as a special teamer at this point, And it has to be that kind of money to be able to retain a guy like that. Otherwise you're just going to replace him with a draft pick that can hopefully play up to that kind of potential or one other small aside getting um, Roosevelt Knicks back healthy. This season would also really help out the uh, interior of the kick uh, coverage teams. He was a monster 
as well, and um, he might be that replacement then to Matikiewicz leaving. So that is everybody on our list for unrestricted free agents. So I've got a new game to play. You ready for the new game, Matt? I don't know, Striker. You keep throwing all these curveballs at me. I mean, <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna strap up and go play a game of actual football next? I don't <laughs> yes. know what you could be thinking of here. <laughs> well, the next one is just the restrict the restricted free agents, and this game is called uh, tender him or don't tender him. And essentially, gotcha. do you think would you offer this guy a tender? If you would, you know, draft status tender, no tender, or um first or second rounder i guess they're the other two tenders you can you can put on a player so first player i'll talk about is matt filer matt filer um so he came in and he's been battling you know over the last couple of years to try and earn this right tackle job and you know he came in and he performed well so he had a his little bit of struggles this year um i'm tendering him i'd tender him at the original round level you know so you're not losing a whole you're not putting up a whole lot there to you know, try to keep himself a team one to come pluck him away if i'm not mistaken he was an unrestricted free agent or undrafted free agent if i'm not mistaken correct that's what i'm looking up right now i don't see anywhere here oh um undrafted yes he was undrafted in the 2014 yeah, so. draft by the houston texans yeah, so it would be tendering him. It would be at the lowest level. So even if someone wanted to sign him away, you know, you'd know, you likely uh, lose him simply because – and you wouldn't get really any return. But I'd tender him at the original round level. You know, he's someone who started the last two years. And, you know, if someone comes in and wants to pay him, you know, more than you can afford, you do have some other options that you can back him up. You drafted uh, Chuck Okafor, however you say his name. Yeah, Chooks. <laughs> Chukawoma. Yeah, I've never been able – I've never been able to pronounce that to save my life. So, I mean, you drafted him in the middle rounds a couple of years back to be this tackle. So, but ultimately, I like keeping that O line together if it's possible. So, I'm saying tender him. And that's an interesting thing too. It's um, not only do you have Filer there playing right tackle, but you also have Okafer and you also have Zach Banner. So, you've got three people for that one spot. Um, I just read on SteelerNation.com, we had a, a, a good discussion uh, talking about uh, Filer and possibly moving Filer to guard and then have Chooks and Banner fight for the right tackle position. The other person would be the swing guard uh, or the extra uh, blocking tackle as well. So I thought that was an interesting point. That's another interesting you know, wrinkle that Steeler fans can think about. But ultimately, as far as for being the right tackle and the starting right tackle, I tender him. Uh, and I, the Steelers at least can tender him at least on third round or second round, whatever, whatever they, they, can, they can put it in as. Um, I think that you honestly kind of have to tender him at that amount just because he's proven he can do it as a starter. And in that respect, he's a cheap starter. So if you're only paying a guy, you know, somewhere between one and two mil to be a starting right tackle, I kind of lean toward keeping that guy. Next player. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. No, we'll continue on. We're good. Okay. Next player on the restricted free agent, tender him or don't tender him, Mike Hilton. You know, Mike Hilton sometimes gets some uh, scrutiny, and I think it's because – 
Butler likes to send him on, but it seems like every play, but I'm saying tender him. He's, he's just someone he, he's hard to know. He's a Pittsburgh Steelers football player. You know, he's a small guy, but he's feisty. He loves to get in there and do the dirty work. He isn't afraid to hit someone, even though he usually gives up uh, at least 20 to 30 pounds on him. So I'm definitely saying tender him. He's worked well out of the nickel, and even though Cameron Sutton's kind of come in and really flourished as well, I think having both of them on the field is definitely a good option. So I'm saying tender him. And at the what level, that's tough. You tender him at the second round level, you know, you're paying him a little more, but I think they can probably tender him at the second round level because some team will be willing to swipe him away very easily if you just put an original round tender on him. That's true. And I'm with you 100% on that. Slot corners obviously aren't the highest valued corners, uh, so teams would be unwilling to give up a second round pick to kind of bring him in, but in my opinion, Hilton's one of my favorite defensive players. He's our best blitzing corner. Uh, he's very disruptive. He's smart. Um, he's and his uh, playing the, of the of the pass here in the last uh, six weeks too. He was doing a phenomenal job covering the tight ends, covering the running backs, covering slot receivers. Um, I just love the fight in that dog because he always brings it. He wants to be better every time he steps on that field and the team loves him. I mean, you talk to the, you, you, to the other defensive backs, you know, Micah Fitzpatrick and, and Hayden, they have nothing but awesome things to say about, about him. And it's because he works so hard. And, and I love at least him getting the accolades from his teammates. And personally, I think the Steelers would be foolish not to at least give him a second round tender. Next player tender or don't tender. Latarius Walton, defensive tackle. L.T. Walton. You know, Walton's one of those guys when uh, he came in for the Steelers four years ago, I kind of expected, you know, I was high on him. I really liked him. I thought he could, uh, you know, fill in, be a rotation piece for him. But he's just one of those guys that hasn't really developed. And it might be partially because not getting the opportunity. But ultimately, I, I think you have to not tender him and let him walk. Um, not only from, uh, you know, he simply hasn't played enough to warrant a tender, and that might be because just of all the talent that's in front of him, but you need to let him walk from perspective of not only you have the talent on that defensive line, but then also let him go see if he can get a, get his value elsewhere. Let him go earn his earn his way, because I, I do think he can um, earn his keep in this league, so it's Suck to see him just uh, not not get his opportunity. So I'm, I'm going to say not tender him. And I'm with you 100% on that one as well. Uh, the Steelers, obviously, he regressed severely this past uh, preseason uh, to the point where they just outright let him go. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was looking really good in the previous uh, preseason. Um, but training camp and preseason, he, he took a step back. I don't know if he was partially injured, but the Steelers let him go and only brought him back because of the injury to, to it. Uh, that was the only way that they thought to kind of fill out that last roster spot. And when he was on the team, I don't think he was active for a single game. I think he was inactive the entire rest of the year. So a player like that, you can obviously find somebody else like that, hopefully with more upside. So I'm with you hundred percent. I do not tender him. Next player for tender or no tender, Jordan Dangerfield. Dangerfield's one of those. He, he's almost like a fan favorite, and the fans kind of 
really support him and wanted to see him play a little more. Um, he's always been great on special teams, and you know when he's gotten his chances on defense, he, you know, he's held his own in there. And so I'm I'm tendering him. I'm probably doing it at the original round level. On he's not he was someone who's been yeah. So he's undrafted. So I'll do it at that original round level. You won't get anything if you sign him away, but you know trying to put him to a second round tender would be a bit of a high price tag for someone who's most of his contributions come on special teams. But I tender him. I think, especially with the likelihood of them losing Sean Davis in free agency, it, it would be good to keep him back there, especially, you know, he, he has two young safeties in front of him and he's still pretty young too. I believe he's only going to be 29 or 30. Can't remember. So yeah, but only four years experience. So I, I keep him back there. It's good to have a veteran presence back there, especially someone who can help lead some of the special team efforts. Yep. Yep. He's 29. You were right. Um, also wanted to make a point, at least for compensation. Uh, yeah. For the Steelers, he's a backup and he's a backup. He's a special teamer. I tender him because I think he has a value as being a backup on this team, but I give him the original round tender, which means anybody else could sign him away or sign him to a contract if they choose to, but you know he could still make that one point nine million dollar payday for just being a, uh, a, a an undrafted or a, a original draft status tender. So I, I think that's at least worth tendering for a special teams player. Next player on the list: tender or don't tender, Zach Banner. He may be the most like. Steelers player on the roster and that's saying a lot for someone who comes in and probably has only played you know 100 to 150 snaps this year mm -hmm. True. but when he comes in as that sixth offensive lineman he he has been great he's someone who came into the league a few years ago you know out of shape overweight but has really turned his career around and showed people that hey he could be a value asset I absolutely tender him He's great to have around the team. I love watching him block on all those victory formations and watching him give maximum effort even on those. So I love having him, seeing him around the team, and I absolutely tender him. I'd probably do an original round tender with him as well because mm -hmm. yep. um, obviously he is a backup right now. So you can't exactly uh, warrant that uh, first or second round tender on him. So I, I do the original round tender on him, which would be a fourth rounder. Correct. So they would still get some solid compensation for him, but without have you save about a million dollars towards the cap, I believe, by making an original round tender instead of a second year tender. So yeah. I absolutely tender him, and I would love to keep him around for at least one more year. I'm with you 100% on that one too. Steeler fans love him. I was cheering for him also every time he trotted out as the extra extra tackle. He actually even ran a few patterns this season. Didn't get the ball thrown to him, but did come out for a pattern. And just imagine how the Steeler fans would have reacted had he actually caught a ball. Would have been crazy. Mayhem. But I'm with you there. Original round tender. Steelers get a fourth if he gets signed. And he's worth it. He's worth it because he shows that he's got a lot of fight in him as well. And that's the type of steel, the player that the Steelers love is a, is a player that's willing to fight and work as hard as they can to be the best player that they possibly can. So I still think there's a lot of upside there with Zach Banner. Next player, safety, Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen, hmm. If I'm not mistaken, is he... 
Oh, I'm sorry. An he's exclusive rights for he's an exclusive. You're right. See, that, this is why I have you on the podcast because you are the free agent expert at SteelerNation.com. You're correct. Marcus Allen is an exclusive rights free agent. So walk Steeler Nation through what it is to be an exclusive rights free agent. Um, exclusive rights free agents are essentially you only have the opportunity. You are the only team that has an opportunity to negotiate with them. So um, they typically have two or less years of service and their contracts are up, but you are the only team that they are able to uh, negotiate with. So he is only able to negotiate with the Steelers unless they choose not to. So gotcha. it really gives the teams an advantage. And I believe that's what Mike Hilton was last year. And yes. he was kind of a, uh, slightly verbal about his want for a more bigger contract. So mm-hmm. some players that break out and are in this scenario think similarly, but uh, yeah, so it'll be highly unlikely to see him on a different team next year as he uh, was brought back in late in the year to help them out. So Great. We have two other exclusive rights free agents. We also have Levon Hooks and J.C. Hassenauer. And J.C. Hassenauer was the center that was brought in um, after Pouncey got hurt. Yeah, so LeVon Hooks, I don't know if I'd see him back with the Steelers next year. They uh, drafted Isaiah Bugs. Mm-hmm. You know, they have probably five or six other defensive linemen on the roster. Yeah. They'd probably bring him in as a camp body at the minimum, but I I don't know if I'd see him on the active roster at the end of the year. Yeah. And uh, same thing with um, J.C., Hassenauer. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, J.C. was on their practice squad for a little while, so yeah. I think he'll probably end up back there as well. Yeah, he'll at least be. I think he'll be in training camp as well. Um, but like you're saying, that, that's it's good to note that this, only the Steelers can negotiate with these guys. Um, though this is the first year too, Matt, that probably the most players the Steelers have have in free agency. Um, usually they only have like five, six guys in free agency, but it seems like they're over ten this season. Yeah, so the Steelers lined up a lot of their contracts so that, you know, coming down to the end of the road here, and by end of the road, I mean uh, Ben Osberg's career and potentially uh, Kevin Colbert's career. Yeah. That uh, some of these guys are, you know, their contracts are going to be up, especially with uh, you know, some of the veterans who we've seen the last four or five years, you know, be key players in their success. You know, some of their contracts are heading up. So this year and then – um, next year will be very interesting because next year there's a large list and it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next few years. Because, I mean, after this year, I mean, you have Hayward, Hayden, Villanueva, yeah. Foster, if he sticks around, Juju's technically a free agent at that point, yep. James Conner, you know, that it'll be interesting. You got a fifth year option, I think, Watt in a few years. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It is coming down to a lot of turnover and a lot of transition, I guess, for uh, players coming in and out. Uh, one final player that I wanted to talk about, too, is a player that's still on the roster that the Steelers have the option on whether or not they're going to retain. And that player is currently counting against the cap for $6.5 million, and his name is Vance McDonald. Do you keep that player, Matt? At this point... And this isn't a slight on Vance McDonald's talent because he's a very talented player. He can be a dynamic threat, and I'm sure uh, all Steelers Nation loves watching his stiff arms. As, as a, it, it kind of almost feels like he's throwing the player through your TV screen sometimes at you. <laughs> but um, 
I, I think they need to move on from him. And unfortunately, he's just been bitten by the injury bug most of his career. I don't think he's ever played 16 games, and he's missed at least two games all but um, two years out of a seven-year career. So five years, he's missed at least two games. To pay someone the kind of money he's getting paid, he's getting paid top 12 tight end money. It's just one of those, you know, they need someone who can be there and, you know, consistent presence. And, well, he is definitely a great athlete. and He's been a dynamic receiver for them. I think it's time for both these both these uh, parties to part ways, and you know, try and move forward with uh, more more reliable tight end in terms of uh, staying on the field. Because the number one ability is availability, and in a time where the Steelers window seems like it's closing, a couple injuries can really die, uh, kill a kill a year. So, unfortunately, I'd move on from him. And I have to agree with you. Strictly also from a financial perspective, uh, that six and a half million is going to go a long way in deciding Bud Dupree, if that's the guy you want to retain or going to sign a lot of other players. Um, so th- as far as for the value, unfortunately, he's what's, what's going to be called a, uh, uh, you know, a cap casualty in that situation. And, you know, I, if he comes back, if he was able to come back and be healthy with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, I would love to see him on the field again. Uh, and I'd love to see those two going at it again because he was really good with Ben. But outside of that, like we're saying, he has to be healthy at least to get those numbers. And he's shown at least in the past year that he just has not been healthy. And, and maybe this it's time that the Steelers part ways and utilize that, that cap money elsewhere to sign other players. So, hey, Matt, excellent conversation. Thank you very much for walking through all the restricted free agents, free agents, uh, unrestricted free agents, exclusive rights free agents. It's been a blast. Well, thanks for having me. You know, it's always a pleasure to join you on here and uh, see what surprises you got lined up for me. And uh, <laughs> maybe next time I'll bring a game for you to try out. Yay! <laughs> I'm always into that. Cool. And um, last thing I want to talk about, at least, is just the uh, the upcoming games for this weekend. Uh, we've got two matchups left. Uh, for the AFC and NFC Conference Championships. First one being for the AFC, the Chiefs against the Titans. How do you see that game going, Matt? Unfortunately, I, I think this is where uh, the underdog story comes to an end. I am a big Derrick Henry fan. I thought he was going to be great coming out of Alabama. He's just a, mm-hmm. He looks like a man amongst boys, uh, and he's going against you know NFL players. He's just... He's a massive human being, and once he gets going, he's so hard to get on the ground. But, you know, Tannehill's had, I think, 180 passing yards combined the last two games as they've been riding Henry's legs. And I just don't know if that's he's going to have enough um, ability to score enough points to keep up with Patrick Mahomes in that offense. It's Mahomes in that offense is electric, keeping up with, you know, their so many options they have Damian Williams they have LaShawn McCoy even though he hasn't been playing much yeah. Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill you know Robinson out there yeah Hardman there's just so much speed on that offense and their defense is really underrated especially you know in terms of playmaking they can really fly around the field so I just don't see Tennessee having enough firepower on offense to keep up with the Chiefs 
And I agree with you there also. There's one benefit working toward the Tennessee Titans, and that is that the Kansas City Chiefs uh, rushing defense is pretty poor. So I could see them moving the ball, trying to control the clock, trying to slow down the game to hopefully limit possessions for Mayhomes and company. Uh, And Tennessee's defense has been stellar, but honestly the only way I can see this even being a game is if Tennessee wins the turnover battle or makes a huge play on special teams with a kick return or a blocked punt or field goal return. Um, Otherwise, I just don't see them being able to hold up with the scoring. And that's actually the way that they beat them earlier in the season was was that exact same way. I think they had a blocked kick return for a touchdown, a couple turnovers, kept the game close, and ended up winning at the end. So they'd have to essentially have a, a, a mirror occurrence to happen in the playoffs playoffs it's a little tougher to duplicate those types of things as well as it's tough to beat a team twice in the same season or three times depending off you're playing in the same division but I'm with you I think the Chiefs are actually going to be the the stronger of the two teams for this game and even though the Titans took down our hated Baltimore Ravens and I love them for that unfortunately I think it's probably going to be their last game of the season uh second game we wanted to talk about too is the NFC matchup and that's the 49ers versus the Packers and what do you see in that game you know, it's interesting since, you know, these two teams played earlier this year and San Francisco absolutely throttled the Packers. Yeah. I mean, I think they won, I think it was 30 or 29 or something like that they won by. So it's interesting to see these two teams play again and honestly potentially being the two best teams in the NFL right now. But it, it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers. But I'm going with San Francisco again. And like you said, it's hard to beat a team two times in the same year. Yeah. But, you know, San Francisco is just such a model for consistency this year. They have so many ways they can beat you down. They have such a good running game. They have so many different running backs to get handed off to. And Jimmy Garoppolo has honestly been somewhat underrated in the passing game this year. I mean, he did throw for almost 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns. So he was no wow. slouch. Yeah. And that, de- and that defense is still – still holding its own and they get a lot of benefit from San Francisco eating clock on offense. So, well, I find it hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers. I'm going with the 49ers. And the odd thing for me too, is at least in this matchup, watching green Bay play this season, they play a lot of tight games. A lot of the games uh, that they lost, it looked like they shouldn't have lost other than that San Fran game. And then, then when they lose some games, they lose huge. So, I'm not sure if it's the level of play. They are a good team. I don't know if they're a great team. I don't know if they're – they're definitely not as talented across the ball, both in offense and defense, as the San Francisco 49ers, who I, I personally think is the most complete team in the league. Uh, however, I will agree with you, Aaron Rodgers can win any game by himself. If he goes out and has an Aaron Rodgers day, anything is possible. Uh, but personally, I think this is going to be really tough. I think he's going to get some pressure and a lot of it. And just like any quarterback other than Ben Roethlisberger, pretty much, uh, that thrives on being pressured and having guys hanging on him when he's throwing footballs, Aaron Rodgers does not. And that pressure will get to him. And I think ultimately San Francisco will also be the team representing the NFC and the Super Bowl this year. So great conversation, Matt. Again, Thank you for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast. We love having you, man. Like I said earlier, it's always a pleasure. And just shout out to Steeler Nation for listening in and uh, always making our jobs easy by 
rooting for the same team we do and rooting for a great organization. Hey, Steeler fans, make sure to come to SteelerNation.com for the best football forum and Steeler news on the Internet. Tweet us at SteelerNation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm your host, G. Stryker, with Matt Papiernik, rooting for you as always. Go Steelers!